Hi there, Shalom from Israel. This is Hannah Nesher speaking to you with Voice for Israel Ministries. And I wanted to share a word with you from out of Zion, something that God has put on my heart lately about treasures, about hidden treasures. All right, so um, I want to share with you a little story about something that happened, and this is how I sort of started thinking about this. Um, if you heard any of my other episodes of these uh, podcasts, I've been sharing a little bit about the uh, <laughs> drama I've been having with a whole bunch of feral cats. The cats in Israel, there's just tons of wild cats in Israel. They're not like the little house kitty cats. They live outside. They're wild. You can't tame them. And they're always hungry and... <laughs> I started feeding one cute little kitten and now it ended up the whole community of cats. They are all coming from north, south, east and west and all hungry and all begging for food. And of course, how can a Jewish mother not feed someone who's hungry? And so it's become really quite a big problem uh, with all kinds of things that come along with um, having a whole bunch of wild animals and wild cats around. But what I wanted to share with you about, and you wrote like, how does this story relate to hidden treasure? But we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so it wasn't working to feed them on the on our porch because they were attacking my dog and attacking my other cat and she was not able to eat. And so I decided that I would try feeding them at the back. First of all, they're all used to eating at the front of the porch and I had to get them used to eating at the back. And there's just like a little back door and I thought I could feed them out there and then out of sight, out of mind and they wouldn't bother anybody. But after a while it became very obvious that that was not working either because there were some big, huge tomcats that were coming and then attacking all of these cats. And yes, it really was a big schlamaz. And for a number of different reasons, it wasn't working anymore to feed them back there. So I thought, where am I going to feed these cats? And they're all coming clamoring around all the doors and all the windows and just crying and screaming all the time for food. So... <laughs> I had this bright idea to um, dump their food in the chicken coop. <laughs> we have on our property this chicken coop that somebody made. And when we first arrived here in January, the house that we rented came with a chicken and a rooster, which we really liked them. And we got used to them. Names were Edward and Edwina, we called them. And really liked listening to the rooster crow and we got eggs from the chicken. But somebody in the Moshav in the village complained and couldn't sleep with the rooster crowing. And anyways, poor Edward and Edwina had to find a new home. So we were left with this empty chicken coop. And I thought, well, that might be a good place to put their food. So I took a big bag of, of cat food and I dumped it in this chicken coop. And I thought that the cats would just dive right over there, you know, cause it really smells. I thought they'll smell it and they'll run right over there and they'll eat it. And then they'll be away from the, from the house a little bit. 
but I was really surprised to find out that they didn't even notice it. It just sat there. <laughs> not, not being noticed at all. They didn't see it. They didn't pay any attention to it. And they kept crying to me for their food. And I kept saying, it's in the chicken coop. It's in the chicken coop. But they don't understand English and they didn't understand me. And for some reason, they didn't go over there and they didn't see it. And so they were still hungry and they kept crying to me. Uh, it, it, it did not end well. The dog ended up getting up into the chicken coop, eating the um, the cat food and ended up throwing on throwing up on my bed at four in the morning. So <laughs> yes, all the drama of this, but it did. It's funny how God can just speak to us through all these little everyday things. And God started to speak to me about treasure, about treasure and, and how it was like he was saying, I have treasure for you. I have treasure for you in a certain place, but you're not looking in the place where the treasure is. You're, you're still looking at where the treasure was. And, uh, and I'm, I'm wondering if that's a word for anybody. You know, is it possible that there's this whole heap of treasure that God has supplied and, and we just don't see it because it's in a different place than what we're used to. You know, first of all, let me say that I think that there are, there are many treasures that God has provided for us that are just right out there in the open and we just don't see them. You know, for example, uh, we get, we can get so busy in our daily lives uh, that we're running, 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 and we miss the treasures all around us. You know, the treasure of of a beautiful flower, uh, treasure of a beautiful sunset, you know, all the beauty that God has created all around us, the, the smile of a little child, the sound of laughter, uh, just all these, I'm sure that there's all these treasures all around us all the time that we just do not even notice in all of our busyness and our to-do lists and our shopping and life and everything else. And I think that it's time to slow down a little bit, you know, stop and smell the roses, slow down and notice these beautiful treasures that God has created in his world for us to enjoy. And so the other thing is that it could be that there's a treasure sitting right out there somewhere in the open and we don't see it because it's not what we're, it's not in a place that we're used to receiving our provision. And so I want to encourage you, you know, we are um, heading into a new month, the month of Elul, and it's heading into a whole new season of the fall feast. And, uh, you know, it's considered the sort of Jewish New Year, which is Rosh Hashanah, which is not really, and I'll maybe talk about that in a different podcast. It's not the biblical New Year, that's at Passover in the spring, but it's called Rosh Hashanah, and it is it is a new season. It's the season of the fall feast, the fall Chagim, the Mo'adim. And so I think that maybe this is a season for us to look for a new thing, to look for the new thing that God is doing. God says, behold, I do a new thing. 
Do you not perceive it? Behold, I do a new thing. Do you not? Do you not see it? I'm wondering if God might be saying, you know, it's in the chicken coop. And I'm like, do you, it's right there. It's right there. Do you not see it? Do you not perceive it? You know, even the parasha this week, um, this Shabbat, uh, the Torah portion, it's called Re'eh. It's called Re'eh, which means behold or see. Do you see it? Do we see it? So that is the real question. I think that we've got to start to look maybe for something new. Maybe God wants to bless us or maybe he wants to provide for us in a new way, in a new place. You know, when we were living in Canada, we... um, we used to speak in churches. We used to teach in meetings and congregations and people would take up offerings for us and we would have a book table and we would sell a whole bunch of books and DVDs and materials. And, and, and this is how God provided for us and offerings, you know, we're right there. Now we're in Israel and we don't have that provision anymore. So we are seeking for what is the new place? What is the new way? What is the new thing that God wants to do uh, in us and in our ministry? And um, I was thinking about Elijah and how he went down, it says, to this um, this brook, Nahal Krit. And God said, I, it's in First First uh, Kings 17, Uh, Verses 2 to 16 is the story if you want to look it up. But God commanded or commissioned, it says, the Aravim to feed him there. He said, go there, and I commanded these. Now, in English, it says the ravens, which it could be the ravens, Aravim. But it's also the same word, Aravim, is Arabs, you know, Aravim is Arabs. So maybe it doesn't make any sense to me that, Ravens fed him, although maybe they did, but could it be that it was Arabs that came and fed him? I don't know. Anyways, doesn't matter. The point is that the brook dried up. The book dry, brook dried up. And then God said, okay, go to Tsarfata. Go to a different place. And there I've commanded a widow to provide for you. So I just want to encourage you, if you feel like your brook is drying up, if you feel like the old way that used to work for you, is not working for you anymore and you're not finding your provision there and you're not finding your treasure there, you're, um, maybe God's got it for you in a new place. So start start looking for it. You know, even in, in the parasha for Re'eh, it says in Deuteronomy 12, 11, it says, don't just bring your burnt offerings to anywhere that you choose, but bring it to the place that the Lord chooses where he places his name. And so God has certain places chosen, and maybe he's got a different place chosen for us to receive our provision and our treasure. And, you know, sometimes the treasure may be hidden, and we might have to seek for it. You know, like the Jacques Cousteau, and he goes down to the sunken treasure in the in the shipwrecks and you know the bottom of the sea and there's an interesting scripture god spoke to me in isaiah 45 3 it says i will give you treasures of darkness and hidden riches in secret places that means we might need to do a little bit of seeking and digging and looking <laughs> some people took that scripture to to mean that they think that that means that god is going to bring forth oil out of 
you know, treasures of darkness, oil, hidden riches and secret places. He's got oil here in the land of Israel and some company, oil companies have been trying to drill and dig and, and find the oil here. But, you know, I think sometimes, you know, everybody's seeking for treasure. I think everybody is seeking for treasure. You know, it's like, like life, like a scavenger hunt, you know, where we're all seeking for the treasure at the end and, you know, like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, you know, and so what, what treasures are we seeking for? You know, some people are seeking for uh, wealth and for fame. Um, I heard one of my teenagers say that they took some survey of the millennials and great percentage of them say that one of their goals, their main goals is to be rich and famous. So that, that can be a treasure, seeking to be rich and famous. You know, most people are seeking for love, the treasure of, of finding true love and somebody that will not disappoint them or abandon them, somebody will, who will love them for who they, they really are. And most people really, if we, if we really admit it, we are, we're really seeking for the treasures of, of joy and peace and, and, and happiness and freedom and health. And, you know, some people are, are trying to find that in a vacation, <laughs> you know? So I think it's important that we, that we talk about this issue uh, of treasure because we, we might just be missing it because we're just not seeing it. You know, the Bible says, seek and you shall find. Seek and you shall find. So we, we need to seek it. The whole reason that the cats were not eating is because they were not seeking. So we, we need to seek for the treasure. It's Matthew 7, 7. You know, it could be that um, God has sustenance for us. He has something for us that will truly satisfy us. But maybe we are looking in the wrong places. So we're still crying and we're still unsatisfied and we're still hungry and thirsty. You know, Yeshua said on this. Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So what is the treasure that we are seeking? Are we hungry and thirsty for righteousness? I love the scripture. I think of it often in Matthew 6, 33, that says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things that you desire will be added unto you. It's not like God wants to keep the goodies away from us. It's just that he wants us to put him first and to seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. And then he will add these things to us that we desire if we'll just put him first in our lives. You know, we don't always do this. And so um, it's time for true confessions so that you know that I'm right there with you. <laughs> Just, you know, trying to find my way in this journey of faith. And we all fall and we all make mistakes sometimes. And, and so this is why we need mega, mega grace. And his mercies are new every morning. Therefore, we are not consumed. Hallelujah. God has a lot of mercy. So... You know, sometimes we don't seek for our treasure in the kingdom of God. Sometimes we think that we are going to find our treasure somehow in the world and we go seeking it in the world. You know, something happened just last week, which really brought this home to me. And it was there was a youth conference going on 
in Ashdod. And we were uh, thinking of sending my kids there. And for some reason, um, they just, well, one of them wanted to go. The other one wasn't so sure. And it was just a really stressful time of our lives. And we just didn't feel grace. And uh, it was just one thing after another. And long story short, they ended up not going to the youth conference. And, uh, and then we were, we were kind of stuck there and still feeling really, really super stressed out. Like we were super stressed out. And so, um, I don't know if I'm supposed to admit that, but anyways, we were. And <laughs> so it was like, okay, what are we going to do now? It's now too late for them to go to the conference. What should we do? So we decided to go into Jerusalem to a place called First Station which is supposed to be a really happening place. And especially it was Thursday night. Thursday night's kind of like Friday night in the, in the rest of the countries because um, most of Israel gets Friday and Saturday off, not Sunday. So Thursday night's kind of like the next day is usually either a day off or just a short day to get ready for the Sabbath, for Shabbat. So Thursday night, usually things are happening. I'd never been there. I'd heard a lot about it. I said, do you want to just go we'll get a, I was too stressed out to even cook. I said, do you want to just go get a bite to eat there? And, and uh, we'll just, you know, hang out there for a little while. So they were really into that. Yeah, let's go do that. So, you know, at first it just seemed really, really funny. You walk in and there's lights and there was music and it was actually my favorite music. And, you know, people were dancing and, and uh, having looked like a really, really good, fun, exciting time. There's a lot of laughter and, and a lot of food and a lot of drinks and, and, and dancing and music and, you know, at first it was like, oh, wow, wow. And then after a little while, uh, I, I just felt so exhausted. I just felt so exhausted. I just felt like crying. They, they had a, a beer gardens there that night. And, you know, it was just like a regular beer garden. I mean, most people were okay, but, you know, some were smoking, some were swearing. And it was just like so many people. And it was just really, really the world, you know. It's just very secular, very worldly, nothing really like bad, but I just felt exhausted. I did not feel satisfied. I went home and cried. And, um, you know, what ended up happening is that from the food that one of my kids ate, um, there, they ended up getting food poisoning and were sick, sick as a dog for like almost a week. And, you know, this just really hit home to me how when we seek for our sustenance, when we seek for the world to satisfy us, not only does it not satisfy us, but if we try to satisfy our hunger and our thirst in the world, it can just leave us not only unsatisfied, but sick and poisoned. You know, if people are seeking for love in, in all the wrong places, in immoral relationships, can end up sick and broken and diseased. You know, if people are seeking for um, to satisfy their hunger in pornography or in just chasing after money and end up losing their family. I mean, just seeking for our treasure in the world does not work. We cannot satisfy our hunger that way. And this is what God's word says. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And for a while, this kind of puzzled me to sin Deuteronomy 8.3 and Luke 4.4. 4. Well, how is it that the word of God 
can can satisfy our hunger, but the word of God satisfies our hunger and our thirst for God, for his spirit, for his kingdom, for his righteousness. I want to just read you just a couple scriptures from Psalm 119, where uh, people are talking about the word and how valuable it is to them and what a treasure it is and that this is really the true treasure because it says, you know, life doesn't consist of just, you know, eating and, and, and drinking and just chasing after stuff. But it's about righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 14, 17. That's where our true treasure is found. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And when we read God's word, we receive spiritual sustenance that's going to really satisfy our soul. And so Psalm 119, verse um, 72, let's read. It says, the Torah of your mouth, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. And then the psalmist goes on to say in verse 127, he says, just a second. Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold. Yes, more than fine gold. So it's in keeping God's commandments in, in his righteousness. That is where we are going to be satisfied and find true treasure and in verse 162 of Psalm 119, he says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. So when we get into the word, we can find great and wonderful treasures that will satisfy our soul instead of just seeking it in the world. You know, these, these are the true treasures of, of grace and love and joy and peace and eternal life. Salvation is only found in God. And we can find those any place. I mean, Paul found that in, in a prison cell. He wrote the New Testament in, in a prison. It doesn't have to be, you know, on a beach somewhere, you know, in Mexico or, or wherever, right? And so I, I like this. This version that says, I rejoice in your word like one who just won the lottery. That's that's the true treasure. And so where is our treasure? It says, wherever our treasure is, there will our heart be also. Oh, wow. I've got a cat at my window right now. You hear it? <laughs> Crying for food. You know, this is just, to me, this is just a picture of us. We're like, you know, we're like at the window, looking at the window and seeking for the treasure. <laughs> oh, great. The dog doesn't like the cat at the window. Okay. Here, we'll close the window. There you go. There you go. Okay, this is my life. Okay. <laughs> when I finish this podcast, I'm going to go out and feed everyone. Okay. So <laughs> I'll just finish this. Talking about treasures. Okay, so are we seeking the treasure in the right place? Are we looking for it in the right place? Or is it like God has placed the treasure here and we're looking for a treasure in all the wrong places? You know, Yeshua told a lot of parables about treasures. He said the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. He talked about the pearl of great price that the merchant sold everything he had just to get this one pearl. And so it's talking about the great 
value, the the um on how do you say it? You can immeasurable value of the kingdom of God that outweighs anything in the world. You know, it says Moses gave up all the treasures of Egypt in order to suffer along with his people because that was the will of God for him. That was his destiny. That was his calling. And, you know, even if we have all the treasures of Egypt, but if we're not walking in our destiny and our calling, even if that means suffering, you know, we are not going to feel satisfied. You know, and King Solomon is someone else who tried all, everything that the world had to offer. I mean, he had all the women he wanted. He had all the riches he wanted, the horses, the the whatever, the wisdom. He had everything that any man could want. And in the end, he said it was like chasing after the wind. It was vanity. And so what is really, really important is that we store up treasures in heaven. This is in Matthew 20. He says, don't lay up treasure for yourself here on earth where, you know, can be stolen, where moths can can eat it where rust can be rusted, but store up your treasure in heaven by being rich towards God. We had, we found this out the hard way when we came here to Israel with our, you know, worldly treasure, our earthly treasures, our laptops, our camera equipment, all of our stuff and all this cash that we had. And in one night while we were at a messianic congregation in Jerusalem, everything was stolen. Thieves broke in, stole it all, stole it all. But you know what? what? What we found out is that was not the true treasure. The true treasure is that we still have our relationship with God. We still are seeking for God first and his kingdom and his righteousness. And you know what? He just gives it back. He gives back whatever we need. And so let's make sure that we are seeking for the right kind of treasure. I want to read you this one scripture from, um, I've got this great book called A Long Love Letter by Margaret Ruth Baker. And she basically takes the uh, scriptures and then she just kind of expounds on them as if it's as if it's kind of a letter from God to us, a love letter from God to us. I just love reading it. I love reading how she um, expands on on this and makes it really personal. And so there's a scripture in first Timothy six, 17 to 19. And this is what she says. This is how she interprets the scripture. Don't set your hopes on the uncertainty of wealth or the riches of the world's goods and money, which are untrustworthy. You know, it says don't overwork to be rich because it can fly away and just fly away like a bird, fly away like an eagle, and just be gone. And we found that out the hard way, and I think a lot of people find that out the hard way if the stock market crashes or something happens. So it's really, really important that we're storing up treasure in heaven. And she said, set your hopes on God, who richly and ceaselessly supplies and provides us with everything that we need for our enjoyment. He richly endows us with all of the joys of life. The Lord generously gives to us all that we need for our happiness. He furnishes us in full measure with all things so that we might be rich in noble deeds and good works. Do good. Be rich in good works. Show kindness. Find your wealth in lovely deeds. Be open-handed and generous-hearted. Practice benevolence. Be liberal, ready to share with others what God has given to you. Exhibit a wealth of good actions sympathize with those in distress, be willing to communicate and ready for fellowship with them. Be ready to distribute freely. Use your money to do good. In this way, you will lay up for yourselves riches that endure forever. You'll make yourself a good solid foundation for the future. 
You'll build a treasure that will last, amassing for yourselves treasures in heaven and gaining life that is truly life, life that will last forever, everlasting life. I love that. I love that. I think that's really beautiful. And so I just want to also end by reminding you that we are told that the kingdom of God is within us. And we, we ourselves have a treasure buried within us. I heard a story that the angels were, were talking and saying, you know, we've got this great treasure. Um, where should we hide it? You know, and somebody said, let's hide it on the tallest mountain. They said, no, 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 people find it there. Let's let's um, sink it into the deepest um the deep, the depths of the sea. No, no, someone will find it there. Where should we hide it that no one will find it? Let's hide it inside every person. And so this is the greatest treasure. We have such a treasure hidden in us. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, that we have this treasure hidden in earthen vessels. We have the kingdom of God within us. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. Could there be any greater treasure? And it is within us. You know, God calls us his treasure. He calls us. He said, you're a holy people. I'm Kadosh. You, he says, if you obey me and you keep my commandments, you will be my special treasure. Above all peoples, that word for special treasure is a segula. From the word sagol, which is purple, we, will, we are royalty. We are treasure to God. And he's hidden this treasure inside of us. That is the Holy Spirit. And he is hidden within us gifts and talents and abilities that he wants us to bring forth so that we can bless the world. Let's not 